They say small business is the backbone of America. So what's the best way to support a small business? It is to learn more about them and share with your family and friends. We interview founders from across the world who have started and scaled their business through the ups and downs, long hours, and the rewards that come from sacrificing their time to build their business. Welcome to First to Arrive, Last to Leave, the journey of an entrepreneur. All right, welcome to another episode of First to Arrive, Last to Leave. I'm Erin Greger. I'm Courtney Radloff. And today we have another very special guest, Ms. Jennifer Scott of Higher Effect. Hello. Hello, Jennifer. Welcome. Thank you for having us. I'm super excited. Uh, thank you for having us. Yes, thank, thank you, you for, for having me. me. <laughs> You're so welcome for us having you right now. All the coffee's getting <laughs> We've had some cold brew, so we're just like feeling good. I wish I could tell you it was alcohol, but it's not. It's just very strong cold brew. I've been banned from caffeine on more than one occasion. So, <laughs> all right. Yes. So do all right. So, Jennifer is the founder and CEO of Higher Effect. I can't wait for you to share your story because you've shared it with me in some ways it's insane not i mean i know it's in all ways it's insane but but i will tell you i've talked to a lot of entrepreneurs and you have a very unique special story so i think just even starting with the how did you get into this business and grow into it is a great place to start but i know it's a lot of like you didn't set out to own your own business right away. Oh, I've always owned my own business. Well, not always. I've I've been a serial entrepreneur. Okay. Um, like from the time I was, you know, five and making cards for like family birthdays and I would stamp them on the back. My maiden name is Pashkin. So Pashkin Productions and I made a little logo and I stole hall- Hallmarks, you know, when you care enough to make the very best. <laughs> um <laughs> I've always wanted to start my own business. Um, I left corporate mm, in a difficult situation. Um, my son was, well, I can backtrack even to that. So I had lots of corporate jobs. Um, my last corporate job, um, I had a miscarriage. And then I got pregnant. And my boss was awesome. And basically said, you know, look, work from home. You're fine. I, I ended up in bed rest for my whole third trimester. It was a horrible situation. Um, in and out of the hospital, I was given the choice to either sit up at the table for a meal or take a shower. But I couldn't do both in the same day. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah, that was fun. Um, anyway, my boss left okay. in at like three weeks before I gave birth. And he had basically said to me, like, work from home. Don't worry about it. We'll take care of it. You get more done in eight hours than most people do in a week. Like, it's fine. Um, The person they promoted into his role was someone who, I mean, amazing person at what we hired him to do was, you know, that Peter Principal probably should not have been put into the VP of HR role. Um. I gave birth emergency C-section on um, Saturday night, Sunday morning, or really it was Friday night, Saturday morning, uh, Mother's Day weekend. And Monday morning, 9 a.m., my cell phone rang and he was asking me, begging me not to go on maternity leave. And I was, you know, placenta brain. I agreed. And he was like, work from home. It's fine. Um, 
my son was born in May of 2006 and I got laid off. So I, I worked from home the whole time, went back to work the day after Labor Day. So September 2006, I got laid off the week before Thanksgiving. I was like after giving up your maternity um, for this company. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. They just I mean, it wasn't anyone's fault. I was honestly looking for another job. They probably figured that out. I was I'm not really shy. Yeah. <laughs> so it was fine. Um, but I couldn't find a job. I had a six month old kid and daycare closed at five thirty. Mm-hmm. I knew how good I was. I'm a recruiter, by the way, by trade. Like, I knew how good I was, and I still wouldn't have hired me. I made a lot of money. Yeah. To have to leave at 6, 5.30, Yeah. You know, in a six-figure job. Anyway, my husband, who is an amazing human being, was like, you've always talked about starting a business. Like, why don't you just do it now? And I literally have always been talking about starting a business. So I started in March of 2007. Higher effect. Here we are. It was just me. And this is the part I know you were getting yeah. at, Aaron. Okay. <laughs> so as a solopreneur, especially in recruiting as a solopreneur, you get contracts and you sometimes get hired. <laughs> and so that happened a few times, right? So my purpose was to um, bring what I learned at an enterprise level, at a corporate level, at a publicly traded billion dollar, whatever, whatever, right, into the small business who didn't have their own HR department, didn't have a dedicated recruiter, and sort of teach them how to hire for culture and core values. Mm-hmm. And mind me, this was 2007, so we're a little bit before the culture explosion of Zappos and Southwest and all yeah. the things, right? So I was a little bit before my time. Um, and I'd get, that sounds great. Can you fill this job for me? Yes, I can. It's not really what I want to be doing anymore, but no problem. I'd periodically get hired. So at one point, I got hired by um, an amazing group of human beings who um, asked me to build the recruiting division for an HR company they were starting. And I met some of the most incredible people, um, still have clients from that era to this day. Wow. I got hired by, um, well, I got approached. (laughs) I had to back up a little bit. I was still living in Connecticut during most of this. Okay. I moved to Texas in 2013, August of 2013. My kid was going into second grade. And I have this pie in the sky idea that I'm just going to work part time. Yeah, that didn't happen. That I'm I'm not. Nope. <laughs> that lasted for about in theory. four months while I was decorating my house. And then, yeah, I was back to work. So... A friend of mine who we had sort of been networking connections, he was actually, here's a kicker, in either the first or second cohort of Goldman Sachs at LaGuardia College. Wow. Okay, in the New York, the New York mm-hmm. one. So cool. We had done some networking. We had shared, you know, a lot of synergies, met some of the same people in the same networking groups, whatever. Um, and he's amazing. Anyway, he was in this business, which is what he went through the program for. He was trying to, like, completely redo a bookkeeping company. Mm-hmm. Um, they were a pretty traditional bookkeeping company until he got involved and went through the program and had this whole growth plan, like, changed the company name, like, DBA, something else, and tried to be this 
like a really forward-thinking, innovative bookkeeping firm. Really technology-driven, really people-focused, and everything he said I just loved, mm-hmm. right? No, not really surprising. We're still friends. Anyway, he called me out of the blue. I'd moved to Texas. He's like, hey, we know that you, I know you moved to Texas. I really want to come pick your brain. My business partner and I are going to be there. You know, we'd love to understand sort of how you transitioned from New York Metro to DFW. You know, we we really want to build a recruiting function inside of our bookkeeping company. And I'd love to tell you why and all of the things. Fast forward, I met them for a meeting and I walked out with a job. (laughs) <laughs> I was like, I called my husband. I'm like, you got to go meet me for lunch. He's like, I can't. I'm like, yeah, you have to. He's like, I can't. I'm like, I think I just took a job. He was like, what? <laughs> again? <laughs> you know, like you did this again. Anyway, best year and a half of my life. It was a great decision. Traveled back and forth to New York. My whole family is still there. I mean, it was some of the most incredible work experiences. I really got to shape a corporate culture. Mm. I really got to do so much more than just recruiting. I built recruiting inside the company, but I, I was like, I was their chief people officer. I love that. And I just loved it. And my friend who had brought me in in the first place had like this brilliant tech play. And it was brilliant. And had this whole thing mapped out, like we're going to do this. And things were just weird with the bookkeeping company. Like we couldn't get numbers. We couldn't really figure out what was going on. And we just figured that, you know, the owner, I won't mention names, but the owner was probably a really great bookkeeper and maybe just not really great at running a business. And we all know that story, right? We're entrepreneurs for a reason. And my friend, although he was CEO, was really the face of the company, not so much a bookkeeper at all. Yeah, he didn't know what was going on, yeah. So my husband at this point is sick and tired of me complaining about what's going on in the office. Um, payroll was late a couple times billing wasn't happening in the right like it was just weird so here we are we want to market this tech thing we want to get investors we're going to have to start a different company so I'm going to be a one-third partner of this new company set up the LLC I had done everything but sign the contract okay okay my husband decides he's going to retire After 20 some odd years of being in the same role for the same company through all its growth and iterations, and he was going to come be the chief administrative officer for this new company and fix Basecamp, like fix the the nitty gritty business operation. He's an IT guy. He's brilliant. He was an econ major, like it's all these things, right? He said, you know, if we can get some money together and we can invest in this business, would you be willing to hire me as your chief administrative officer. Like, I don't want ownership. And we were all like, yeah, cool. Okay. (laughs) He gave three weeks notice. And the day before he was supposed to come on to our payroll, my head of sales, who was in New York, and I, sitting at my desk here in Frisco, Texas, got an email to the info at organization.com, right? Hi, this is so-and-so from Law 360. We'd like to know if you'd like to make a statement on the arrest of the founder of the company. I just, white. Literally just got chills down my body. (laughs) So, we went from a two-income family to a zero-income family overnight in literally the blink of an eye. 
And this guy who I had known and trusted and truly loved as a human being got arrested for embezzling $3.8 million from one of his clients. Mm. Now, this was not the CEO. This was the bookkeeper owner. Yeah, this okay. was this was my friend's business partner. Yeah. Right. Well, needless to say, my friend and I went into like downward spiral for a yeah. while. We were like, OK, what do we do? Um, luckily he's landed on his feet. He's amazing. He's doing wonderful things again. And, um, that really makes me happy. Um, I went from having a really cool job and the potential of owning part of a second business and doing all these things to, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> my husband was like, is it too late for me to unquit? Like, yeah, probably. Yeah. So um, we came up with this plan and initially the now felon and his partner um, were initially on board. We were going to transition everything over to Higher Effect, which thankfully I had never dissolved as a as a company. I mean, I was still a Texas LLC and we were talking to employees who were freaking out. We were trying to get money back from, you know, getting office space like i mean all these things right i spent two weeks doing nothing but crying frankly talking to scared clients scared employees lawyers and insurance brokers trying to figure out how do i stand up a brand new payroll i've never had employees before mm -hmm. i'd never had employees before and now i have to figure out what the f i'm doing <laughs> So, yeah, fast forward, we thought we were going to have this great deal. It was going to be an easy transition. We were telling all the clients it was going to be fine. We went out and got benefits. We paid back payroll. We paid back benefits that hadn't been paid. And we were just telling everyone, you know, as effective June 1, so this was June 1 of 2018, we were going to be the new company. Well, unbeknownst to me, behind my back, Three of their bookkeepers started their own company and took all but five of their clients with them. Well, of the ones that didn't jump ship. Mm -hmm. So the ones that did actually stay. They the one that stayed, all the clients that decided they were staying with their bookkeepers stayed with their bookkeepers, but only five of them actually came with me. Why? Because I was HR. They didn't know me from Adam. I don't blame those business owners, by the way. Yeah. Right? I mean... I would have stayed with my bookkeeper, too. <laughs> like, they didn't know me from Adam. Anyway, yeah. So we had one employee on the bookkeeping side who had been with the company, like, three months. So she was brand new as a bookkeeper. Five clients and a recruiting team that I couldn't afford to pay anymore. And a salesperson who, thank God, um, she had come on board with us at the original company like six months prior to this happening and she was my hire anyway so she stayed with us and I'm very grateful for that because she's amazing um but yeah I had um had about seven thousand dollars a month in revenue <laughs> and seven employees that was not gonna work it was interesting now fat keep in mind it was a bookkeeping company mm -hmm. and higher effect is a recruiting company so now we're trying to be out there selling bookkeeping and recruiting yeah. yeah, you figured that out. That was kind of weird. And so it was a really hard time. Um, and then we got sued. The partner, the spouse and original investor of the owner of the company, right, figure those all out, 
um, arrest or uh, sued us. For taking out because you took the clients? Well, originally he tried, you know, breach of contract so that I had a non-compete and I tried to steal their employees and their clients, which was fine. But, you know, I think they breached contract by not paying me on time ever and not ever. That's not fair. Anyway, there was that. And then um, really he was just mad. Yeah. I'll, I'll be honest. He was just mad. We had paid off his Amex bill as part of this deal. Apparently his spouse, the now felon, ex, I don't know what he is, had racked up a lot of debt on on this guy's Amex bill or Amex card and we paid it off. But we did it through the bank. And when we went, and it was contingent, like we're going to do this because we think we're getting this company. Yeah. Right? That, that mm-hmm. well, we didn't get the company. We didn't get the people. They didn't stand up their side of the bargain. So the bank actually clawed the money back. And it was like a lot of money that we had paid off. And so now he was had this debt again. And I think that's really what ticked him off. And so, um, yeah, so we went through a year of a lawsuit. That was fun. And more money we didn't have to spend. <laughs> and you're trying to hold up this company that's not moving in the direction you hoped it would. It, it, I did a lot of crying in 2018 and 2019. <laughs> I did a lot of meditating. I did a lot of praying. I did a lot of yoga. I did more crying. And we had to make a go of it. I mean, there was no choice. We got money from our family. We laid off all the recruiters because I couldn't afford to pay them. And then I was blessed with the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Businesses Program. Um, And it sounds cliche, but like right time, right place, right education. I started the program in January of 2020. Yeah. Hi, COVID. Okay. We started in person. Yeah. In January of 2020, I had an incredible cohort. It was amazing. It was an incredible experience. Everything, all the things that you've heard countless times that you experienced. Yeah. Helped me bridge the gap. Mm-hmm. Right. Trying to sell bookkeeping and recruiting, as I said, made no sense to anyone, not even me. But we offered all these other things that I hadn't really ever thought about. And then as a growth opportunity, we can add one more service and bridge the whole thing together. So Higher Effect now offers bookkeeping, payroll, HR, and recruiting for owner-led small businesses. And it all came together. Started to grow, started to claw back, started to whatever. I mean, I had zero revenue for a while. Not zero, but pretty close to it. My husband and I didn't take a paycheck at all. We didn't pay ourselves for two plus years I don't know (laughs) yeah remember that two income family to zero income family overnight yeah that took a while um but when I graduated from the Goldman Sachs program it was April of 2020 every single small business owner in this country needed support yeah to figure out and navigate all the stupid things that were going on with the treasury and the IRS yep and I became a one-woman COVID task force, and I just started pouring information out into the community, into the Goldman Sachs alumni, into the local Dallas College alumni. Like, I was just, I, I was like the go-to on and um, all of the monthly or weekly at that point, I even think the alumni calls, like, here's the new lesson we learned, here's the this, here's the that 
reported all over social media. Fast forward a little bit, didn't charge anything extra for any of our bookkeeping clients to do their PPP stuff, Mm -hmm. where CPAs were charging some of them. I mean, certainly not all, right? But we just didn't. It's not, you know, my number one core value is people first. And like, if you don't know if you're going to be able to open your doors tomorrow, how could I charge you $5,000 to get a loan from the government? Like, that makes no sense. Yeah. Correct. Anyway, we just did it and we talked about it and we did it and we talked about it. And we've doubled year over year. We had, I mean, yeah. You hit your million mark, right? We did. Yes. We did. So it went from like, yeah. We went from negative and in debt to over a million in revenue at the end of uh, 2022. So from middle of 2018. Yeah. Yep. That's incredible. Can I talk, like, so I'm so interested when everything is falling apart around you <laughs> mm-hmm. and you're falling apart a bit, right? Okay. Yes. But, and you're like falling apart, but then you've got to turn and be this great leader. You can't show all these people that you're, how were you doing that? Like you talk about Jekyll and Hyde, like, how are you like, oh my gosh. Well, because it wasn't. Just, yeah. Everything's going to be great people. It's no, awesome. it wasn't Jekyll and Hyde. It was authentic. That's what I was going to say. Okay. It, it so was you... pure authenticity. Like one of the bookkeepers that I had tried to hire right before all of this went down, her first day was supposed to be that same day of, you know, oh the day gosh. before we had found out this guy got arrested. Right. And so when she came into my office to fill out the I-9 and do all the things, I was like, hey, I need to tell you what just happened. So if you want to back out of this job, I totally get it. And she was like, "Uh, yep, I'm out of here. But I called her back three weeks later and said, hey, if we start this up and we do this under us, will you come work for me? And she said, absolutely. Okay. So the one that came with me knew. Yeah. The one that we just hired knew. My head of sales knew. And it it was just authenticity. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't get the impression that there was any fluff through any of well, it. And I don't want to say like you were like being, but it's like you've got to go back yeah. and say, I've got this. And then you're like, oh, my gosh, I don't know if I've got, you know, we've what? got this. Yeah, it was never me. OK, OK. We've got this. If mm-hmm. anyone can pull this off, it's us. Well, and I think, yeah, and I think even like that's an attestment just to what you were saying about your story of just like the keep going. Like there wasn't an obligation to family, but there was honoring something that you had with your family. Yeah. You know, and same with your clients. Like you didn't, you were going to honor the clients that stuck with you. Yeah. And even just like, I don't know you very well. And and but even just hearing you tell the story, I was like, there's an underlying resilience that you have that I like people would pay to even have that to keep going no, and you laugh it off like and it's not I, I think you think it's funny it's just I had no you know, choice that's, yeah and there it is so, we had no choice <laughs> but as right. going, I mean I guess we did we could have gotten out and found jobs but like that wasn't but no so and yeah. that's my question too is you're kind of going in and it's getting a little deeper and dark like where was the like what was it I know you said you had no choice but like I I don't think that resilience is, just, I don't try to phrase this question, but because that resilience is just so insane, like in a great way. There are so many people, I think a lot of businesses, it's not that they fail necessarily. I think a lot of people just give up too soon. Like yeah. it gets a little rocky. It gets a little hard. Yeah. 
And it wasn't just for you a little rocky and a little hard. <laughs> you were like, you were going through it time and time again. And so I'm curious, like, what was it where you were just like, I know that this is going to get, I know there's something on the other side. I know we can get through this. Yeah. And that kept you through all that. I think there's a couple of things. So people were depending on me. Mm-hmm. Number one, we wanted to prove it. Well, I don't know about proving it. I, I had nothing to prove, to be honest. But people were depending on me. Mm-hmm. And I had so much faith in what my husband and I can do together. Wow. So... We had never worked together, obviously, before this, but we've always said, like, we've been together since 1999. So we've always said we are better together than either one of us ever was apart. Mm-hmm. Like, at one point, his mom, and this is kind of funny because I don't think she meant it as a compliment at the time, was like, <laughs> you two deserve each other. We kind of do. The things that I'm really good at, he's really not. The things that he's really good at, I for sure am not. And we had people depending on us. Like I had told my nephew that we were going to hire him. And he and my niece moved from Tennessee to come live with us so that they could get better jobs. And then all of a sudden I couldn't hire him. I had to build this business. It, it was just so, I mean, there were so many things. That's incredible. Well, and also, too, you talked a little bit about company culture. You built so many different companies' culture. Like, you're like, no, I'm sticking to that. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, you know, all that history of building it, you weren't going to let that stop you either. No. What was interesting is that higher effect was always only just me. Mm-hmm. And so building this company into a right now... 22 employee multi-state consulting firm with staff in 10 states and clients all over the country like this is insane yeah yeah and I you know we joke we don't really joke we share that like had this not happened in exactly this way Mm. had Chris not my husband Chris not given notice had us not tried to start this parent company um had you know one thing been different at any moment in time we would not be sitting here I love that you're able to reflect on that and see where all the dots connected because when you're in it there's no way there's no connecting dots you're like what just happened right it was a lot of what just happened and how are we going to get through this and but we I really say we didn't have a choice of course I know we did but not not in my heart not in my gut. I knew we could do this. Well, I love that you guys double downed on it. Like, yeah. I love <laughs> yeah. that. Like, okay, so he quits his job. You know, the obvious retires. Answer, retired. Retired. Retired after 20 some odd years. But the yes. obvious <laughs> answer would be, all right, okay, Jennifer, you're going to take control of this and try to run the company. I'm going to go back to corporate America just to like let things stay, like let stabilize a little bit. And you guys, like, you stayed in it and you doubled down on it together. Like, yeah. that to me is. Not just that you, but you guys stayed it together. I mean, I love that. I could not have done this without him. Mm. There's no way. Yeah. He's the tech guy. He's the finance guy. I'm people and culture and HR and recruiting. Like, uh, no. Yeah. I mean, thankfully, I've led teams. Thankfully, I've done management, you know, leadership, whatever you want. But 
I, we, I could not have done this without him. There is no way. Mm. How do you guys run it together? Like, so obviously I, I've heard you, you know, your strengths, you know, your weaknesses and vice versa. Yeah. You guys are very good at that. Yeah. Um, are, are there any other tips that you have? Like I said, I mean, not only are you guys running this together, but you have been through literally hell and back yep. together and you're standing and you're married and you love each other. And we're together 24 hours a day, and seven parents, days a week, and we're parenting together. and we still like each other. Yeah, it's okay. I, I mean, obviously, outside of knowing strengths and weaknesses, what are the other things you guys do to maintain this? Gosh. Um, in the beginning, it, it was just, I mean, there was no other, like, it, it just was. Yeah. Right? Now, I feel like, for advice, have a leadership team. So go from founder run to leadership team run. Mm. So that there are other voices and other opinions and other viewpoints that we all need to look at. And we make a decision together now ultimately i have sort of that final vote i'm the tiebreaker yeah mm -hmm. on our leadership team so we have an odd number <laughs> intentionally but that way we're we're not just result you know p.s my leadership team has also learned to be like okay we're gonna leave the room until you guys figure this out <laughs> oh you and your husband yeah. sometimes okay. <laughs> i'm like okay this is getting a little uncomfortable we're gonna leave the room until you guys figure this out do you need to take it to the other room you know like <laughs> gonna be fists or as yeah. we joke pistols at dawn right <laughs> we divorce is not an option divorce has never been an option so collectively our parents have been married 11 times oh, oh. wow right okay. so my yeah I, I have a family bush not a family tree <laughs> most of those marriages were on my side of the family not his side of the family okay wow um but when we got together it was like dude divorce is not an option like i've been through this Five times, six times, seven times. I don't even know anymore. Um, oh my gosh. And, you know, so I guess I was born with resilience. Yeah, um, yeah there's there's something definitely. But, yeah, so we joke, right? Divorce is not an option. It's pistols at dawn. My son thinks that's horrifying because I can't tell the difference between a blank and a bullet. He's like, Mom, I'll teach you. I'm like, it's okay, dude. We're good. I love oh. pistols at dawn. Yeah. I'm legit going to – so I – she run a company with my husband too, ah. and I'm. We have now we're building a leadership team. So like all these things that you're saying, I'm like, yeah, okay, we're doing that. But pistols at dawn, I'm for sure going to be using that term. Pistols at dawn, like it just. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, what does your leadership team look like? Yeah. So our director of operations, our director of financial reporting and analysis, our director of business development, and then me and Chris. Okay. Wow. All right. So, and then how often are you meeting? Like, what is their in like? They're running their own divisions type of deal, and yeah, how much we're we're running on like a version. I'll call it my own sort of version of EOS. Okay, um, self implementing, so we don't have to be super rigid in the EOS process. Like, mm -hmm. none of my nothing in my business is weekly, except for maybe BizDev. Okay. Right. Everything else in my business is monthly. We we bill monthly. We collect monthly. We, you know, everything is monthly. So it doesn't make sense to have a weekly scorecard, right? Okay. So we're we've sort of adapted. Um, I'm really really big, as you've heard, about people and culture. And so it's not just right people, right seat for me, which is the EOS model. It's 
write everything <laughs> and and write for them and you know focusing on their development and you know really be a people first sort of um people centered business mm -hmm. so i call it you know a modified eos but we're following that meeting cadence so the leadership team meets uh once a week okay and then we meet quarterly for our and you know quarterly planning and we meet annually which is just really another quarter but yeah. longer <laughs> <laughs> And they're, we're all, I mean, it's it's a great group of people. I, yeah. I am very, look, I've been a recruiter for 30 years. At this point, if I can't hire the right people for my business, <laughs> I'm in trouble. <laughs> so, yeah. I love my team. Yeah. Literally love my team. Yeah. So going back, and I don't want to say what would you fit, because I know like you're like everything happened at the time it should yeah. and for the reason it should. Yeah. And so I don't want you to reflect back on that. Like, but... If there were things that you could look back on and say, okay, I wish I would have tidied this up a little Ugh. bit more, or this is where I really left ourselves wide open for, you know, are, what are some of those like big, biggest like, lessons learned yeah. for me? Number one was I should have gotten everything in writing. Mm -hmm. I had that, you know, verbal agreement over Skype mm -hmm. yeah, or Teams. I don't remember what we were on with them in New York and me in Texas and it was just verbally agreed to that we would take over it was just verbally agreed to and although it started you know that they were going to transfer the tech data the the client information we didn't have anything in writing that was my biggest mistake because like I said then we got sued yeah well, and you're just trying to put everything together. Like yeah. everything's falling apart and you're just worried about, all right, how can I put this together versus make sure everything's tied in with a bow? No, you know? I just wanted to keep the team together. Exactly. That was probably my other lesson learned yeah. is I trusted this group because I felt connected to them because of the work that I did for them. Mm. But And I assumed they had the same connection to me and that was pretty naive. Yeah. That was really probably pretty naive. They had no, they didn't know me anything. Yeah. They didn't. Yeah. And they'd known and loved this man. None of us, none of us, I still to this day can't reconcile the person I knew to the person who could do this. Mm. And I was furious because he only got two years in jail because they said it was out of character for him. And while I totally agree it was out of character for him, I was blindsided. We all were. He still did it. He did it over the course of 11 years. How does that make it not in character? Yeah, anyway, don't get, I don't, I, we're not doing the anger thing. We're not doing the anger. No, 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 no. But it's hard because as a small business, you you have to trust. You do. You have to say that um, this is the risk I'm you taking. Do. And we gave them money and they said yes to taking the money, even though he clearly already knew he'd been under investigation like he'd already been interviewed by the fbi and still was like sure we'll take your money it, it, it's the whole thing but it's yeah get insane. everything in writing get it legally contracted get yeah. it signed sealed and delivered and don't assume that people owe you anything what about the people leaving the people the bookkeepers that left looking back on that situation could you have saved that had you know, or do you think that was? No, I tried. You did. Okay. I really, I mean, every day I was on calls with them. I cried on calls, on video calls with them. Um, we tried to get office space. So first of all, they 
I had figured out a way to how to get them out of the lease in the loft that they were in in Manhattan. Oh. Um, so, like, I paid a month's back rent for them and then was able to negotiate with the landlord to let them out of the contract. Um, and so then my husband and I paid for, like, a co-working space. Mm-hmm. But the move was a disaster because no one was there to help them. I was in Texas. What do I, I can't do anything yeah. to move the New York City office. But I wasn't there, nor could I afford a plane ticket, by the way. But, hey, it. I wasn't there. We paid, I can't remember right now if it was one payroll or two. So it was either two weeks or four weeks of salary. Um, and then there was the period, the last pay period, because they were supposed to come on our payroll June 1. So it was that last pay period. And I was like, I don't have any more money. Like, I can't pay you for this last pay period, but we're going to make it up to you. Right. When we have income, we'll pay you back. I paid for the the month. Did I say the health insurance already? So they they had lapsed on the health insurance. And so I one of the people who actually went and started their own firm needed medical insurance like he had a issue he had an ongoing kidney anyway i was like of course we paid for their june health insurance i wasn't even on their health insurance <laughs> i was on my husband's health insurance um we paid for that we i mean i didn't i don't know what else i could okay. have done to yeah. have kept these people and one of them who i thought was going to come with who actually was like one of the few that signed the employment offer was trying to steal his clients behind my back. Um, two of them came and told me about it. Oh my gosh. I, I, to a bunch of the folks and I don't blame them just ditched completely. Like yeah. I'm going to work for a CPA firm. I'm going to work for somebody else. I'm getting out of the industry. Like I have had it. Yeah. I get that. But the three who turned around and started their own business and did not ever have a conversation with me, yeah. Other than we haven't made it. Actually, that's not true. One of them was like, bump you. I'm out of here. Fine. Which was the one that surprised me the most, but fine. The other two, I felt like I had been sucker punched mm. in the gut with a knife or five. Because I really did everything I could. Yeah. And that sucked. Yeah, you but made everything right, and think, they're like, peace. Yeah, and I don't think people know the risk. I don't no. think they understand the risk until they it their turn will come. They will have that ebb and flow. And it's not karma. It's not to say that we want oh, that to happen. No, no, no. <laughs> karma <laughs> with a capital B is, you know, I believe there is perfect justice in this world. But yeah. we don't get to see it. I don't care about seeing it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't need to see it. I know it's going to happen. I, like, I'm pretty sure the guy who went to jail, even though he only got two years, like, rumor is, and I have no idea for sure, like, his spouse left him and he, you know, I mean, the whole, you know, yeah. whatever. I, I don't even know. I There is perfect justice in this world. That is not me. I'm not a vindictive person. Right. And... <laughs> It'll happen somewhere, somehow, some way. But um, I, but back to what I like, say, but the, it's the risk point right. of it. Because we've had this conversation where someone's like, oh, I want to start my own business, and, but I just don't want to do this part, this part, this part, and this part. It's like, yeah. <laughs> right. That is, that's the part. Yeah. You have to play all those parts. And that's the risk you take. And listen, a lot of times it doesn't work out, but sometimes it does. But so they, they're, they're not, 
weighing on your risk. They're going to go and try it on their own, but they have no understanding. Well, yes, and I I don't know how they set up their business. I don't know what their model is. I don't know what their rev share is. They had clients coming into it because they took their clients. Well, yeah, of course, it's Um, easy. Right. do it that way. And and they're and they're bookkeepers and accountants, so they got the finance piece and it's just the three of them, so they don't need HR. I'm just I'm just thinking they worked for someone I know who had the finance Listen, piece. I know. Clearly. And and, and <laughs> who let they let him help them get set up. They never lost faith in him. They never lost trust in him. Because like I said, none of us can reconcile the guy that we knew to the guy who could do this. It was so crazy. I can't blame them. I mean, I blame them for not talking to me. Yeah. I do. I was really hurt. Yeah. If they had just been up front with me and said, listen, we're going to go do this. Thank you for what you did, but we're going to go do this. Right. Like, I would have lived with it. I would have not liked it. I'm sure I would have tried to talk them out of it, but I would have lived with it. Doing it completely behind my back after mm-hmm. everything that I had tried to do for them was really I think that's why I cried more than anything yeah I spent I mean I felt hurt yeah well the blows just kept coming yeah they did it'd be one thing if that was the only thing you were no. getting hit with yeah but it was just like an yeah. endless like I commit I mean I just I can't tell you how much respect I have for you thank you just in the sense of you were down and you got kicked and then you got kicked again and you got I mean I don't think he was stopping kicked until you know who knows but the fact that you just kept your resilience mm-hmm. and kept going is just to me so incredible because I think so many people and I I mean I can't tell you how many kicks I could take I can't tell you how much I would question you know myself and I think mm-hmm. so many people get they quit at that first kick yeah. when they're down and you believed and I love that you believed in what you and your husband could do together yeah. so much. Yeah. You were just like, all right, we're going to get through this. Yeah. Like, it's just really incredible to me. And that that's it, though. If anyone was able to pull it off, it would have been us. Yeah. And, and you did. We did. Yeah. So what's next now for you guys? Scale. OK. Honestly, like the revenue, thank God, is there yeah. now. We need to work on profitability. Yeah. <laughs> We have, you know, we have the revenue is is good, but we have 22 employees. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the margins need to happen. Okay. Um, and, and that's what our focus is this year is really improving scalability so that we can improve the margins. You know, getting all of our team members really buying into the need for automation and technology, which is our secret sauce. Mm-hmm. It's what we do differently. It's one of the things we do differently from your average bookkeeping company. We automate as much as possible. We're really into technology. That's all Chris and Spencer, my director of operations, are really driving that. Um, I don't want to pay someone to do data entry. I can't add value to you as a business owner if my team is sitting there doing data entry. I can add value to you as your business as a business owner if my team is looking at what's going on in your books and helping you understand how to make better business decisions based on your finances. Right. What's the number one thing Goldman tells us? Know your numbers. numbers. Right. Mm -hmm. How many say know your numbers? Well, we can help you actually understand what your numbers mean. Yeah, (laughs) that's awesome. Um, But not if they're sitting there doing data entry all day. Right. So those kinds of things, plus adding the HR piece 
really helped. And um, we got so focused on building, building the recurring revenue on the bookkeeping side that I really lost sight of recruiting. Mm. And that's my baby. That's my passion. That's my love. Mm. So now we're doubling down on recruiting. Um, I hired two incredible human beings. Um, one of them's been with me for a while. Um, one of them just started with a project and now she's full time on, on my team. Um, and they're, I mean, we're, we're investing in, in sales training for them and, and, you know, cold calling training with them, trying to get them certified, not trying, I'm going to, they're enrolled them in a class for book, uh, recruiter certification that I don't even have just to, you know, now I'm, I'm doubling down on recruiting. Recruiting margins are much higher than bookkeeping margins. Right. So with the money coming in from the recruiting team, we'll be able to give raises to the bookkeeping. I mean, we'll just be able to do a lot more. Yeah. And that was honestly why these guys originally wanted to build the recruiting team inside their bookkeeping company. It was brilliant. Uh, it's a cash cow. Well, it's not. I mean, it's a lot of freaking work. But yeah, right. <laughs> it, it, the margins are so much higher because the work is so different that the recruiting revenue should be able to at some point keep you know yeah allow us to do bigger and better things um on the hr and the payroll and the bookkeeping side so now we're really investing in that and it's 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 been a month and it's already paying off like i'm very grateful and I'm not my we've talked on the leadership team a few times of like we just stop or we just need to stop doing recruiting because it wasn't making we were losing money. Yeah. Because it was just me trying to do it. Well, we all know how well that works. And right? in a mm -hmm. company and do all yeah. this. Yeah. So um, I have three folks on my team. One's part time. Um, two are doing full desk. So biz dev and fulfillment. And um my head of biz dev, who's been with us now since the beginning, really, um, is is mentoring them. And I mean, it's just it's a beautiful thing. Um, we were just able to hire a bookkeeping manager. So there's now another layer between my director of operations and my bookkeeping team. My they're incredible human beings, every single one of them. It's they're they're. Ugh. Sorry, I can fell a lot. I love my team. That's awesome. I love that. Yes, I agree. It's. I think it's important because you're with them. You well, and, them and you the, this is your baby. Yeah, and you're giving them the keys to your baby. I am, and and I wish more of them would take them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I tell everyone like, please ask for forgiveness, not permission. Like, this is your desk. This is your baby. This piece that. of my baby is your baby. Like, please run with it. Um. It's I, I, you know, there's only so much of that you can do as a bookkeeper, by the yeah. way, like, you know, creative accounting is probably not really a good idea. Right. right, 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 right. There are bad. However, yeah, um, <laughs> their their clients love them. I could not be more grateful to every single one of them for for sticking it up. Look, we know we don't pay the best in the industry. We're going to get there. Mm -hmm. We're definitely going to get there. It, they're just I, I'm very grateful to my team. I love it. Yeah. Do you want to do rapid fire? Uh-oh. All right. Don't worry. Don't worry. They're easy. Well, <laughs> and you can you can pass on any of them. Okay. I'll say that. Good Your to know. favorite beverage? <sighs> Even my then second grader would have told you wine. <laughs> yes. 
Mama loves her wine. You red or white fan? My go-to is white, but I love wine. Good yeah. wine. Yeah. I do not love cheap wine. Well, except for the wine that I drink every day, which is the big giant bottle of Cabot Pinot Grigio. Yeah. So maybe I do like cheap wine. I don't know. <laughs> Depends on the day. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, best advice you've ever been given? <clears throat> it's none of my business what anyone else thinks of me. Mm. I love that so much. It's We almost need to be reminded of that. Yeah. Yeah. Daily. Yeah. That and I got to credit my dad for this one. If you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. You know, that's so important. How many times like, I find myself like I'm not in the joy of this. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you got to find the joy. I find the joy. Yeah. I you will never know if I'm in a bad mood. On the outside. You just you I mean, that, that doesn't energy. do anybody any good. Yeah. I was gonna yeah. Say, you don't put off that energy anyway. Uh, dinner with anyone. Billy Joel. Really? Yes. And I'm so mad. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was supposed to be at that concert last Saturday with yes. Billy Joel and Stevie Nicks, and half of her band got sick and they canceled it. Well, they postponed it for next year. year. It's and even I, worse than canceling. Well, and here's the deal. Like, I think you were supposed getting, to go too, weren't you? I was debating going. I was, somebody had tickets and we're, my husband and I were talking about going, but it's like we're getting to this point in their lives where a year is. I know. You're gambling. I'm so mad. Like, I don't mean to sound morbid, no, but just... like. I love Billy Joel. Favorite like, song. Favorite song. Um, Vienna. Oh, see, I don't Do you know that? It's a B side. Okay. How old are you? Do you know what a B side is? <laughs> I don't know what a B side is. I do know what a B side is. I do he's like, what? Yeah. So not, albums, oh. actual records used oh. to have an A side and a B side. Okay. And the reason I do know that is because we've been, we've, my daughter's been into music. She's five. So we've got her a record player for Christmas. And so we've gone to, I think, it, is it Spinster Records and Bishop Arts? Yes. And a, now I know. Okay. Now I feel. So B Vienna was the first song on the B side, I believe, from oh, it was either Forty Second or Fifty Second Street or Glass Houses. I don't recall right now, but oh my gosh, yeah, best song. I have to go listen to it. On I love him so much. I really do. I do too. I do too. I trained for the LA Marathon listening to him. Ugh, um, nice morning routine. None. I sleep as long as humanly possible. You know, I was reading something the other day there that like, why why are we trying to champion that we're so great that we get up at five a.m. to oh, work out? No, was, when your body actually is telling you to sleep, I was like, oh, so I'm trying, I'm practicing no. waking up. I literally, um, I will if I can, mm -hmm. I will sleep until twenty minutes before my first meeting. If I can't, no, I can't always do that. I'm, you know, bringing the kids to school or making lunch or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I say kids because I have my nephews living with us right now as well. So I have two boys at home, three boys technically, but one I don't need to worry about getting to school. <laughs> um, oh, gosh. But when summer hit rolls or school's out, all bets are off. You might find me in bed 10 o'clock. I love that. I love my sleep. And I love yeah. that you're like, no routine. None. Yeah. Nope. I'm good. Um, what are you currently reading? Oh, gosh. Um, a lot of things. No, seriously, I'm terrible when it comes to books. I've got like four that I'm in the middle of. I, I yeah, Anything sorry. that you really love, like that's really impacting or? Um, 
No. Okay. No. I mean, from a leadership or business perspective, anything by Patrick Lencioni. I'm sure yeah. I didn't say that right. Um, Brene Brown. Yeah. Um, but from a, a, a fiction standpoint, um, I, Sue Ann LaCour. Nobody's ever heard of her. She is the best kept secret in the world. She's a self-published, incredible author. Um, Sue Ann, if you ever hear this, I love you. Um, <laughs> it, she's amazing. And it's all, I mean, it's, it's intelligent romance is what oh. I believe she coins this as. It's like unreal. Um, and then I have a really, really good friend who is an author. Um, and so she writes like fun fiction, um, although she's getting into like mystery and novel now. She Her last book was great. But Emily Liebert is the other one. So okay, anything you, yeah, if, if you like fiction, Emily Liebert and Sue Ann LaCour. Okay. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. Uh, your top bucket list item. I want to go to Israel a good one yeah i really do i really want i want to spend like three months in israel because you can't i mean it's a small country but it's not and it's not one of those trips you're going to go back to again and back to again so if you're going to go you got to go i really um my mom was born in israel um it, it's just something that's i've always been super i taught hebrew school like <laughs> yeah. zionist i yeah i just want to go to israel love that uh and a guilty pleasure wine <laughs> so that's, there's been several people who are like can it bever- my favorite beverage be my guilty pleasure yeah, it's, yeah. um uh-huh yeah <laughs> yeah why not <laughs> well if somebody wanted to get a hold of you or learn more about your business where is the best place for them to go email me um no so higher effect h-i-r-e <laughs> not higher it is double entendre intended thank you we we will raise you up higher effect right h-i-r-e E-F-F-E-C-T dot com. All right. And we'll link that to our show notes. Jennifer, thank, thank you for oh sharing this. Yeah, it was so much fun. I loved. And hard and yeah. fun. Well, it's an incredible story. Like I said, if there's anything, I think so many times as entrepreneurs, we think we're the ones screwing up or we're the only ones going through it. And I think your story is so inspiring because, you know, I mean, I don't mean to sound morbid, but we probably maybe we're going into reset. Who knows? There's going to be some bumpy times ahead. Yeah. And it's like. You can quit or you can figure out how to do it. And I hope your story, I know it will inspire people to be like, there's been, I'm not the only one going through this. There's been people worse off than I have and they got through it. I can do this. Absolutely. And P.S. I'm happy to help any way that I can. That's just who we are. Yeah. So. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. (laughs) 